Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 144th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week we are having some cherry limeade sours. Yeah. It's a whiskey sour with a cherry limeade twist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that I think that that uh, the grenadine helped mm-hmm. a little bit. So because we we shared the recipe on um, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So uh, so you guys saw that <laughs> we said that it wasn't sweet enough. Well, now we added. A little mm-hmm. bit of grenadine to it, and I think that that was yeah. the ticket. Yeah, kicked the sweetness up a notch. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. pretty good. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, it smells so good. It smells really good, uh-huh. too. That's yeah. good. I wonder if that's the almond. Maybe. Extract. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. <clears throat> so this week, we are going to be talking about why second marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure most of you know that 50% of first marriages end in divorce, but it's actually 66% of second marriages that end in divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we dive any deeper with that, Seth has his dumbass post of the week. Yeah. This or- one came from Emily. Emily. Emily sent us this one and it says, nobody can piss you off like the person you love. I swear they hit a different type of nerve. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's why divorces are 66% for second married couples. Yeah, maybe. I know. Gee, that's dumb, huh? Mm-hmm. No one can piss you off like the person you love. I don't know. But I mean, I think that like we, we see that um, not only in real like romantic relationships, but you... You see that, like, with families and stuff like that. Yeah, for, for some reason, there is a just widely the mass opinion that the people you're closest with, you can treat like crap because they don't have an option. Yeah. I it's know. like, no, you're stuck with me no matter what. It's mm-hmm. like, bitch, no, I ain't. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I, I think that that's where... You get people like, well, you have to love me no matter what I do. And it's like, no, uh-uh. you don't. I don't no. care if you're a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, a sister, a brother, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a, a husband, a wife. Nobody has to love you because of who you are yeah. or who you're genetically connected to or who you chose to be connected to. Yeah. Nobody has to love you unconditionally. Uh-uh. You know, you have to earn love yeah. and you have to keep love. I know. And Except for you have dogs. to reciprocate love. Our dog, though. Well, One dogs, of our dogs love back. One of our dogs, he, he is like, he doesn't, he doesn't love everybody. He doesn't love everybody just because he loves them. He, you have to earn his love. Yeah. Well, I think they're both like Yeah, that. they both kind of are. Huh? Neither one of them like strangers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. But, um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a good, that was a good dumbass post of the week, Emily. Thanks mm-hmm. for, for messaging us. Uh, so like I said, we are going to be. Uh, talking about the 66% of second marriages. And yep. yeah, so we, you know, you, we saw this statistic and we were like, wow, like, <laughs> you, you, you have to ask why, why is that? Why is it that, that more people, more second marriages fail? And, and even so like, I mean, because I'm in my first marriage, but Seth is in his second. Mm-hmm. And what has <laughs> no? <laughs> what has Seth done differently than these other people too? Um, I think if you marry, if your second marriage marriage is someone who's their first marriage, you take that. What does the new math become? I don't know. Because you can't say it's only 33%. I know, yeah. Because there's still a 50% chance that your first marriage would end. Uh-huh. Maybe it's higher. 
<laughs> no, that, I don't, that I don't wouldn't know what be. the new math would be. I know that's that's funny though, but um, but I mean, you you really have to think about it though, and I think that the the biggest thing that <laughs> comes to mind for me is that these dumbass people are making the same mistakes as they did in their first marriage. Oh yeah, they didn't learn anything. I mean that that's. That's one that's one of the main reasons that we started the podcast was to talk about what we learned in our awful previous relationships and how we don't let that affect our current relationship and marriage. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think it'd be 58% for us. Oh, is that Because if, if you say that you would contribute 25% to the failure of a first marriage mm-hmm. and I would contribute 33% to the failure of a second marriage and you just add those in, it's 58%. Oh, okay. So okay. it's less than the second marriage, but more than the first marriage. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I did that right. I'm just figuring it out. We're uh, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna end in divorce. Though. I'm just saying we have a 58 percent chance. <laughs> I think it depends on the percentage that the person was at fault in the previous relationship. Maybe we've established that my ex was 100 percent responsible <laughs> for the fault, so I'm really Shut at zero. Up. No sir. Shut. <laughs> If I'm at zero and you're at zero, then we have zero percent chance. No, <laughs> that's right? funny. Yeah, yes, that's right. That's exactly right. But I think even if you, even if you want to, you know, look at the the divvying up of the demise, and you know, I, I joke, but it's not. It's never one hundred percent anybody's fault mm-hmm. that it ends. You know, no matter how how you know well intended you may be. Um, a lot of, especially men, well, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd start picking on the men immediately. I'll say the person that was dumped, and it's typically the man, but the person that was dumped tends to just look at what things they did right in a relationship for like the last six months to a year. Mm-hmm. They don't look at all the crap that they pulled before that. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as we've established on here multiple times, that that point in time, is too little too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what my that's what my ex did. Yeah. He was like, well, what the heck? What, what, you know, why the change of heart type mm-hmm. thing? And it's like, no, dude. It's it's been I've been unhappy for a long time. And I think that that's what a lot of women say is, "Oh, I've been unhappy for for a long time and now I'm finally mm-hmm. saying it and and letting it all out." Well, I I think that you know, when when you look at people make repeating the mistakes, um, we we've kind of hit on that from different angles on here before about when we see someone that like starts you know they get divorced or they break up and the next person they start dating is like a replica of their ex, mm-hmm. and it's like well your tastes didn't change mm-hmm. and sometimes your tastes are what's off. I mean, there, there's you know if you're lactose intolerant. I don't care if you have chocolate milk, strawberry milk, or vitamin D milk. You're lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So just because it's you know got a little bit of different flavor or color to it doesn't mean that it's still not going to make you sick as shit. Right. And so I think that that's kind of what happens with a lot of these people. And I almost said girls because that's really what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do I see a guy that's with a girl and I'm like, man, she looks just or she she reminds me of your ex. It's usually the other way around. Yeah, I would say that guys will still date uh, or date or even marry a woman that looks like mm-hmm. her, but maybe isn't exactly like her. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're. I think <laughs> the looks wise. I, yeah. Well, and that I mean that goes for that is that's how guys are though. Guys, right? I mean they. <laughs> They well, know I, what they like. They know what they want, at least, like with looks. Mm-hmm. Well, I think women do too, but I think women have men are less likely to to bargain mm-hmm. on the looks thing. Mm-hmm. Women will. Women women are notorious for being like, well, he, yeah, I gotta warn you, he's not he's not as good looking as my ex, but <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, you know, and it's like, well, as soon as but you he's said a that, good guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's you know gonna win the merit badge uh-huh. of the evening. Um, but, I, but I think that one of the things that, that you see a lot of people do when they break up is they don't really know how to 
identify the exact... They're really good at bitching about what the person did. I mean, I, I do that. Mm-hmm. It, you're really good about bitching and identifying what you didn't like. But people aren't really good at either not swinging the pendulum to the complete other side. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know how to identify either what the new normal should be for them or what that acceptable trait could be. So if you have, if you have some, some, some wife or, or if you're a guy and you have a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, your spouse was just horribly bitchy all the time, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, I don't ever want somebody that's like that again. Mm-hmm. And if you completely swing it to someone that's an absolute doormat, you're not going to be happy either. Mm-mm. And so you have to find someone that isn't a doormat, doormat, but isn't a bitch that you want to smack with the doormat. Right. In the, in the someone in the middle yeah like where yeah it's <laughs> and and then that is a mistake that people make and they they think that well i have to go for someone completely opposite of mm-hmm. my ex and <clears throat> you don't have to do necessarily that i mean i guess if you're well no not even if your ex is that bad um because cause if they were that bad, the complete opposite, would would it really... Well, yeah, and I, I think you, you have to kind of look at it from different traits. If, if you're a woman and you, you were not happy that you were with a guy who had no drive and was a loser and wasn't going anywhere and couldn't keep a job, and now you start dating, you know, super career Joe over here mm-hmm. who does nothing but work and doesn't have time for you, and... You know, all it is his career. Yeah, he's got more money. Yeah, he's got more drive. Yeah, he's got more ambition. But he doesn't have any time for you. Mm-hmm. And, and so you you swung the pendulum way too far. Yeah. So you have to find that person that isn't a loser, but isn't is more consumed by you than his career. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. And and I I don't think I think a lot of times people are just like. They they don't realize that they're with someone that's so familiar to their ex because it just feels comfortable and they're they're they may even say things like well it was time for me to get out of my comfort zone and it's like no you're dating a clone mm-hmm. that's not out of your comfort zone you went right back into the same pair of shoes yeah uh-huh. or to the person that that like I said they're like no they're nothing like my ex mm-hmm. they don't have anything in common with my ex and I think that you you have to be able to identify. What what made you so unhappy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, th- there's some things you do want the exact opposite. Like in your case, this person's addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want someone that kind of does drugs. <laughs> right, you know? yeah, right, right. So there's no middle exactly. ground on that. Yeah. You know, the, oh, my ex used to beat me, so I, I want a guy that, you know, maybe he just backhands me once in a while. Oh, you know, that, that's not the middle ground. No. You know, so there are certain traits that are, you do want the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's others that... You do have to find that middle ground and and either internally compromise with that. But at le- even if you're not wanting to do that, you have to be at least aware enough of the person you're with and your own intentions and who you are to identify, I'm overlooking all of these red flags because they're not like my ex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But or I, that's what they yeah. Do. yeah. Or you can't see the forest for the trees because you're with someone that's just like your ex. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that that is why so many second marriages fail. Mm-hmm. Is, is because of how you, you said it the initial. They do not learn from their mistakes in any way, shape, or form. And they mm-hmm. they may make the same they may think they're making different mistakes, but it's the same pattern. Mm-hmm. And and you you have to break the pattern. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that like when it comes to to deciding when you're out looking for your partner or for a new partner or even even if you're not necessarily trying to look, you need to you need to have those little n- notes, like keynotes in your head that tell you this is at least what I don't want mm-hmm. in a person. And you know, m- most of us, most people have at least some good qualities, and I'm sure most exes had some good qualities. So what were those good qualities that you can, you know, then take to find a new partner? Mm -hmm. And then what are some other qualities that you, that your partner didn't have that you would like? Yeah. Well, and and I think that that's where, 
<laughs> I I think that. Jesus, the fridge was buzzing at me. <laughs> um, I I think that. It, you know, even to honestly, if if I have to sit down, even if I wasn't talking to you, if someone said, "Okay, Seth, write down a list of things that you liked about your ex more than you like about your current," mm-hmm. it's none. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that; mm-hmm. it, it's none. And it doesn't mean that my ex didn't have good qualities. It means I found someone who's. Lesser qualities, if there are any, were still better than some of her best. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if if you're like, well, yeah, well, you know, my ex had a sense of humor, but then you find out that it was very limited. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have the same kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that that you know that they had this great sense of humor. They just mm-hmm. thought that normal shit was funny, but they didn't think that. The quirky stuff that you thought was funny was that funny. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they didn't have a sense of humor. They just didn't have the same type of sense of humor as you. Right. And and, and so I think that that's where, you know, you, you have to understand that your ex is an ex for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that, but I do think that that's why you see people also go back to their ex. I know. Is because they they start to recognize that, Maybe their ex had better qualities than they thought they did, mm-hmm. or they they start to romanticize those. That qualities. romanticize, I think, is the biggest mm-hmm. thing, because eventually, the shittiness that they, yeah, you you know, you you leave, and they say absence is makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you start to think, oh my gosh, I guess it wasn't. I guess he really wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. and. And then you start thinking like, oh, okay, well, geez, well, at least he did this. And this other guy that I just went on this other date with, like, he didn't even open the door for me or Mm -hmm. something, you know? Right. And, And so, yeah, you start romanticizing and then you get back together with your ex and, and maybe it'll be okay for, I'll give him a month. It'll Mm be pretty good. And then all of a sudden, the bad stuff starts happening again that you didn't think about when you were romanticizing before, mm-hmm. before you got back together, right when you were in the middle of the breakup. And and I don't know. And I, I think that people start to feel lonely, mm-hmm. too. And they, well, I, like, I, th- I think people start to convince themselves that this is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, for some of you, that may be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your your ceiling for a good partner may be lower than others because you aren't bringing enough to the table, mm-hmm. or you don't have the the qualities that other people are looking for. Right. You know. But yeah, that's true. I think that I think we could probably do another episode on why your ex is, you know, your attachment to your ex is preventing you from finding a good partner. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's for sure. I know. Yeah. But, um, but I, I think that, when, and I know, I know, well, from, ex, not ex, my personal experience, but when, from seeing people get back together with their ex and even remarrying their ex, it never works yeah, out. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Not, no. not one time that I've seen anyway. Yeah, yeah me neither. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that... The, that whole thing of getting back with your ex. I mean, we, we've talked about that before, but that's just, no, yeah. you just shouldn't do it. That's, that's, it, you guys broke up for a reason, like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. You guys probably should have broken up a lot earlier than you did. And so there's no point in revisiting that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to mature that much within a few weeks. Yeah. Or a month or a year. I know. You know? Uh-huh. You guys have to separate for a lifetime. Yeah. That's why you, you always see that that the, stuff the old like like this old couple which I always think I don't think that's a happy story. It's kind of weird, huh? That like, like oh this old couple that they dated before he went off to the war <laughs> and both of their spouses died and they ended up together and it's like well is it sad because they spent a lifetime apart from each other or is it sad that they were with people that really weren't who they were supposed to be with that whole time? 
know. <laughs> right? You know? Which yeah. is it's kind of a fucked up story that everybody tries to tell you is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 let's let's look at that for a second. That's There's nothing sweet about that. I know. Well, and we all say that it's <laughs> sweet. Because yeah. it, it, it does seem kind of sweet. Like, oh, that's cute. Like, they got... They got back together after all of these years. Yeah. Nothing. They couldn't. Uh, nothing could keep them apart. Which, uh, your old marriage has yeah. kept you apart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if your spouse hadn't died, you wouldn't have been together. Yeah. Ever. Uh huh. So, yeah. Anyway, but, um, but I think that you know whenever people start looking at at the qualities they want in this new relationship, going back to what you said, I think that. One of the things that we did very good was we knew exactly what we didn't want. Mm-hmm. It was it was easy to say, you know, here's the problems I had with my ex. These really three to five things. It wasn't this huge list that some people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and that's where the wants list become a little too unreasonable and demanding. I want a guy or girl who's going to do this and that and this and that. And, and when if you can just say... You know, well, I I know I don't want to I don't want to be with someone who doesn't put me as a priority, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to have sex with me, who doesn't, you know, want to care for me in any way, shape, or form, who doesn't want to be affectionate with me, and so it was easy to kind of just, and I didn't have to sit down and write out a list. I just knew mm-hmm. I knew, and you, you said you know have that mental checklist, and I had that. I knew even if it wasn't something I consciously thought about. I just knew, well, I'm not going to fall in the same trap. And I think that's that's part of it. Some people just don't have enough self-awareness to not fall into that trap. It, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that they're they're not smart enough. I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. They Because it's not really being self-aware. It's really just, it's almost like you I don't know. have the common sense to not make the same mistake again. Yeah. And I don't know what to, I don't know how to say it without being like, you dumb. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. And so uh-huh. I don't really know if there's a nice way of saying that you're a dumbass. Right. You know? I know. Yeah. But but I think that it was I, I I you know, I just I knew subconsciously and consciously without a shadow of a doubt that I wasn't gonna fall into the same the same relationship. Well, I know. And so and but you were very cautious though, even even with me, like just thinking like, well, okay, my ex changed at this point Mm -hmm. in our relationship. (laughs) Uh, When is she, is is she going to change? Or when or if is she going to change? And um, thankfully I didn't change. (laughs) Right. It's just who I am. But I think that like recognizing um, how much you have in common with somebody Mm -hmm. too and that's one thing that we did really well from the very beginning, from when we started just being friends and just knowing that, oh my gosh, like they, they like the same stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we, it's having stuff in common is, and we said it in a couple episodes ago, um, it's it's so important because opposites don't attract right. and you were probably the opposite of your ex and that's why it didn't work out with you, mm-hmm. you the two of you right but um but yeah just these people that are getting divorced for the second time they're they're falling into that same trap though yeah. and not not thinking like, oh, I guess I really do need something in common with this person. Mm-hmm. I guess that me not liking action movies uh, <laughs> really. I mean, my ex likes liked action again. I guess them being like their ex, but um, liked action movies, and I don't like action movies, so we can't watch movies together. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, not just movies, just anything. You can, you need to have, you need to figure out what you have in common with the, your new partner and make sure that you have enough in common with well, them. Well, I, I think that that's why whenever I've talked to people that are, are divorced, you know, I, I, I'm not, I am very comfortable sharing 
the mistakes that I made at a young age. But what I'm not comfortable with is sitting down a 21-year-old person mm-hmm. and telling them how they should behave. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much different now. So I don't know. I'm not comfortable with with that piece. But I do think that whenever you you start to look at those at those non-negotiable commonality things those are really just something you have to stick by your guns mm-hmm. you have to and, and 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 you know we we have said it on before that I was I I didn't completely let my guard down with you for a little while because I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was waiting for the for the bag of hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. If anybody's seen Fever Pitch, um, to drop like what what's it gonna be? When's it gonna be an issue? But I think whenever I do talk to people that are divorced or older and single, and they're like, I can't, I don't meet anybody. I'm not meeting anybody, and I'm like. Well, where are you trying to meet people? And if they're like, well, at the bar, at the club, and like, okay, well, it, are you wanting to go to the bar or club once you're married? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, no. Then why are you there? Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I wouldn't be comfortable saying that to a younger person. Go out, experience. Yeah, right. Go right, clubbing. Right. Go to mm-hmm. spring break. Go have fun. Go have sex. Go whatever it is you want to do. I'm not going to tell you to start looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright at your age. But if that's your goal is to find a partner, even if it's even if you're not thinking marriage, it's like, well, someone I want to be with, someone that you know I can go on dates with, someone to hang out with, well, are you going to be okay if they don't want to give up the club lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then quit looking for a partner at the club. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Don't, don't go to... If, if, if you see the girl every Friday night when you go out for happy hour with your coworkers and you see the same girl out for happy hour with all of her, she's not going to stop doing that just because you're fucking dating her. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want that, then you can't... Why would you even search for that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that's why I, I would tell people, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. And if you if everything they list is something that they like to do by themselves, well then guess what? You don't need a partner. Mm-hmm. Go continue to do stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a partner. Everybody thinks that they have to be with someone, and you don't. Mm-mm. You don't. You don't. And and I I sound horribly hypocritical, mm-hmm. bouncing from being married for 12 years to dating the next girl I dated was who I married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as we've said on here before, I had zero intentions of of even, it wasn't that I was sour and bitter and was like, fuck women, I'm not dating. Mm -hmm. I was just going to focus on my son and me and was like, well, I'm not even trying to look for anybody to date. Mm -hmm. Well, I know. And the funny thing is, is that like, even with you saying to, you know, if you, if you list stuff that you, you do on your own, then you don't need to, to be with someone mm-hmm. like you <laughs> you the stuff that you like to do you don't have to do with a partner yeah but it's nice to have a this partner or each other to to be able to do those things together mm-hmm. too and so but, but that goes back to the commonality thing. Uh-huh. finding someone that yes finding yeah. someone that has that likes to do that stuff and likes to to I don't know, stay home and play video games together or um, watch movies and, and stuff like that, like, and not go out. Mm-hmm. Like, find someone that with your same interests. Yeah. I mean, if you're an outdoorsy person, and, and I really do think that for a lot of people, once you stop looking, it's going to... It'll happen. It'll happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's... I wasn't looking, and I just decided, well, I'm not going to look, and it happened anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but I think for those that try to force it, that's where it ends up not working out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you're constantly out there, if you're really trying to force it, if you're really just trying to make it happen, it, it, I just don't see it having the legs to make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what some people do, <clears throat> especially whenever you you do get divorced. There's a lot of people that when they've been dumped, they feel that the only way to get their self worth back or see value in themselves is to have someone express that they see value in them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they immediately start trying to get in another relationship instead of, you know, someone like me who's like, well, I don't give a shit what you think. I don't, I don't need anybody for me to see my own self-worth. Mm-hmm. Then, 
you you don't you don't look for someone to provide that mm-hmm. and and i think that kind of falls into the you know like the last thing that would ever fall in my love language is the affirmation mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah and so i think that people that are like me that is probably an easier thing to you're, you're not looking for acceptance of someone else mm-hmm. um and i think people that aren't like that don't understand how people are yeah that's true and vice versa uh-huh I don't yeah, see. No. I don't see how you can be so needy. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and not you, but no, the I people, know. The people I know. that are like that. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. No. Your words of affirmation are tell me I got a nice butt. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Um, but but even like even with the love language stuff, it's like, I mean. Um, our love languages were pretty Pretty similar. Uh Uh-huh. And they, like, because one of us had, like, one was my number one and yours was the other. My number one was your number two and your number one was my number two Uh or something like that. And so, I mean, not like we put a whole lot of stock into the love languages. But I think that it's kind of funny, though, to, to understand and to know, like, how much you have in common with the person mm-hmm. that you're with. And, and I mean, if that really does help you figure out what <laughs> kind of next relationship you should get into that hopefully won't end in divorce again, mm-hmm. maybe you should put, put some stock into that. <laughs> and and uh, not, oh, what's your love language? Oh, I can't be with you. But you know know what you want recognize the that they are at least speaking yours yeah Yeah. if you're if you're a person that wants gifts and this person forgets your anniversary your birthday their own parents and or birthdays and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's not going to be the gift giver that you want in your relationship i know so don't be with someone like that you know i know i was thinking about that like about my ex and how about his his gift giving stuff and i mean i've talked about it on here mm-hmm. and i mean i'm not my love language isn't about gifts but um that was awful <laughs> though that was awful mm-hmm. to have someone that that i mean he didn't forget like birthdays and stuff like that but the gifts were not good gifts mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i, I I think that as people start to kind of navigate the new relationships, be be patient. You you have time. You're. I, I think that I don't know if I'd say it's case by case, but it, it it's hard to. You're going to deal with someone that's like, well, my first marriage was annulled. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me my second marriage? No, no, no. We're we're not talking about that. Or. Mm-hmm. The person's like, well, my first marriage lasted 50 years and my husband passed away. You're telling me my second marriage? No, no, no. We're not, we're not talking no, about no. those. We're not talking about people at both ends of the spectrum. We're talking about your typical average. You were married from, you know, 7 to 15 years and you get divorced. Mm-hmm. And you're in your mid to late 30s to early 40s, mid 40s, somewhere in that, that 32 to 47 age range, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you're back out there. Maybe you've got a kid that's an adolescent. Maybe you have a kid that's almost grown up. Maybe you have a kid that just finished high school. Maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe you were one of those dumbasses that was in a shit relationship and your idiot ex talked you into having a kid right before you guys got divorced because you thought that would save your stupid marriage. You know, so it can go, what? You. (laughs) What? I'm just saying. Oh, I know. It happens. I mean, it's true. I mean, that's what happens. Happens Mm -hmm. a lot. A lot. And, and so I think that you, you could be, you know, because I meet people my age and they're like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a one-year-old. And I'm like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? You know? Well, my ex and I, we had, we had a kid that was this age and this age and they were about to leave the nest and we weren't getting along. So we thought bringing a kid in would be the best thing to do. And it's like, well, you're stupid. <laughs> but so I think it, it, it's hard to give absolute reasons for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it doesn't work because your kids are too young. Maybe, and, and that was one of the things that, once again, I knew, one of the things I knew, and I've said on here before, that I didn't want 
was I didn't want someone who had kids. Mm-hmm. That would have ended my relationship mm-hmm. because I don't like kids and I don't like, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't like other people's kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't warm up to them really. I don't very rarely am I like, yeah, I could handle that child. Mm-hmm. And I probably say that because I don't spend that much time with them. Yeah, that's true. And I've never seen them act out. Mm-hmm. Once I see your child act out, I, I completely lose interest in ever wanting to see that child again. <laughs> and I knew that I didn't want to be a father to someone else's child. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want that. Not even have to deal with responsibility. It was just out of my own self-preservation. I didn't want to deal with it, period. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was a non-negotiable for me. I'm not dating or seeing or entertaining the thought of getting together with anybody that has kids. Not going to happen. And and so I think that. Well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I know pe- people's yeah. other children. I mean, we've we've had other couples talk to us about this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We were my ex and I were both in previous marriages that we both got divorced with teenagers, and now. You know, he's got teenage girls and they can't stand the new mom. Mm-hmm. Or she's got teenage boys and they hate the dad. Or one of them doesn't respect the other parent because the other, the, the real biological parent isn't out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just creates a whole new dynamic that is, makes it hard for a marriage to thrive. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I don't think people, people get tunnel vision when they start to get into that next relationship. Well, they're... And- they are they're happy with each other and they think that everyone else is going to be as yeah. happy as they are. Yeah, happy for them and happy with them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's not Mm-mm. not the case all the time. No. And so you you got to be able to take those blinders off and and look at the whole picture of what's going to work and what's not. Mhm. And and what are the obstacles and what aren't. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get with someone because they have kids if that's something that you want to take on then it shouldn't be a showstopper for you yeah but you need to understand that it's going to present a different set of challenges than you're used to mm-hmm. and those new challenges may end up being something that you didn't deal with in your old relationship that's now going to be the reason your second relationship didn't make it mm-hmm. i know you know i know well you know another thing that i was reading about about all of this is um is because of the kids mm-hmm and um and that is one of the big reasons why why second marriages fail is because um the parents don't agree on how to raise their children mm-hmm. and so you know you may be okay with them having kids but you do need to understand all of the other challenges and stuff that do go on with Having other kids, not even, you know, you can have a blended family, mm-hmm. but how are, how is this person going to raise their, their child and now your children? Mm-hmm. And are you okay with how they raise them? And then to, to make it even worse is how is the new partner going to react to the ex that still, you know, has custody, mm-hmm. have, um, have custody with the child as well, and how they are raising the kid mm-hmm. too, and so, um, yeah, it, it's a big freaking deal. Yeah, when with, um, the reason why people get divorced, and most most of it was because of the children mm-hmm. in their second marriage. Yeah. Yeah, and because I, you know, I always think like money, kids, and sex ruin your first marriage, mm-hmm. and then usually by your second one, the money is not as big an issue, and you don't, you you forget about the sex thing because you meet someone and you start having sex again, mm-hmm. so you think that's not an issue, so it ends up falling on the kids. Yeah, <laughs> they're the the sole reason behind it. Um, so just marry, make sure you marry someone without kids. <laughs> well, and. And like I mean, thankfully for me, it, everything was good with with little Seth, and um, and I like I, I've said it before. I was just glad he wasn't a girl, mm-hmm. and the trying to 
um, be a mom that comes into a girl's life that is a daddy's, a daddy's girl, girl, that it would have been hard. Yeah, but I think on the flip side of that, one of the reasons that it was easier on you is because my relationship with him was really good. Mm-hmm. On the other side, though, the way that he would fight with his mom and, and all that stuff, I'm sure that created stress on that their side. That's true. Of all that. Same kid, uh-huh. just exposed to different... Two different... Two different environments, one of whom apparently he's really close with, another one that he's not not as close with. Mm-hmm. And, and it creates that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that knowing... Knowing some of that stuff kind of helps your strategy with how you how you interact with that child and 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 having the clear expectations of what is your role as a step parent? Are you a disciplinarian? Are you a, a parental figure, or are you just another adult in the house that's there to have fun and you know provide guidance when asked upon, but not do anything else? Mm-hmm. And so I think understanding your role is is very important as well. And and. Does that require a formal conversation? I don't know. I mean, some of it depends on the age of the child. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're marrying someone who has somebody that's just started school, then you're going to be a parental figure whether you like it or not. You're probably going to be a disciplinarian whether you like it or not in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're getting someone that has a teenager, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're more of a friend, Yeah. you know. And so I think that understanding what your role is is going to be very important on how to navigate the the child situation, mm-hmm. um, and 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 what their relationship is not with just the person that you're with, but but with the ex. Mm-hmm. You know how close are they? What's the issues? Are you on the good side of the fence, or are you on that <laughs> that bad side of the fence in in the in the relationship? Are you guys planning on having kids of your own, and how is that going to cause problems with? The, the current kids. The child. Yeah. Because yeah. uh-huh. that's another big issue mm-hmm. of, you know, one of the things that, that my son went through was watching his his mother start her own new life again. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, that there's just, the kid dynamic is, is just huge and you can't, you can't underestimate it. Mm-mm. No, I know. And I think that that's the problem is that people do mm-hmm. underestimate it and, and they, they believe in love and they believe that everything's going to work out because they love each other <laughs> and right. that's all that matters. Well, no, that isn't all that matters. Maybe it's love, but it's love for everybody. And are you, are you providing everybody the amount of love that they need well and and i've said it on here and we've said it on here on one of the other episodes maybe a couple episodes that i know it's not a very popular opinion it's not well received but your partner should be more invested in you than their kid Mm -hmm. and and a lot of people especially mamas don't Mm -hmm. want to hear that these Mm -hmm. moms that are like this is he's my world Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i'm i'm the what's the girl say in role model in role models, that I'm a, that's my cub, and I'm the lioness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're yeah. never going to, until yeah. you're tired of treating that little shithead kid like a cub, mm-hmm. you're not going to find a good, solid partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, you know, our, our opinion on that is you should be invested in your partner over your children. We think that whether it's your first marriage, it's the marriage that bred the kids or it's your second your third or whatever fourth marriage Mm -hmm. that your partner should take priority and we've given the reasons behind that that you know if you're a decent enough parent your kid ain't gonna live with you forever Mm -hmm. you can't you can't they they need to understand and they need to see a good example of what a good loving relationship looks like and that is two people that put themselves in their relationship as the top priority Mm mm-hmm and and like I said, people don't want to hear that. People really disagree with that. I know. Um, yeah, you're and that's right. That's fine. You mm-hmm. can disagree with it on your second, your third, your fourth marriage if you want, and keep <laughs> having that same fucking opinion. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, the kids will get it, mm-hmm. especially as they get older, and they yes. start having their own relationships, mm-hmm. and and it's going to teach them the value of a partner, and and that the value of a partner coming first is going to create a better parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't want to look at it that way. So I, I think that that's where 
You know, you, you, if you're taking the back seat to your partner's children, that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that first marriage is in is because mama has a kid and she can't turn the mommy button off. And now husband's stuck, you know, jerking off in the bathroom four nights a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. going to be in the same boat if Lioness and her cubs are taking priority and you're just the <laughs> laughing hyena off outside the den. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so you look out for that stuff. There, I think there's there's different red flags as you get older. The the same flags, oh, yeah. some of them exist, but some of them change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and it's all relative to how how old you are when you get divorced, or when you start looking again, or when you're back on the market, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it, 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 there's a different set of rules, and I think I know for me, I was I was very lost because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do or anything like that um and i think maybe that probably contributed to me being like well i'm just not gonna date this is it's too much to figure out right now i don't well and you you knew that you didn't want to really you thought anyway i guess that you didn't want to date until because most of the women that you knew yeah had kids my demographic had kids that were all younger than my kid or wanted or women that wanted to have kids and if i started to go a little younger like in your age they hadn't had kids but i knew they would want kids Mm -hmm. and that was you know where i had to i had to find the unicorn (laughs) that was didn't have any kids and wasn't going to want to have kids Uh uh-huh i know yeah oh my gosh yeah the the the, and then you just got a better quick you got a what? Better quick. Better quick? Yeah, get her into bed. bed oh, bed better her. quick. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, the unicorn thing reminded me of the, that of those people that um, the 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 people that have like have reached out and like um, wife swap people. Because they something they say stuff about like unicorn. Oh really? Stuff. Remember? I don't remember the unicorn thing. Yeah, they say something about that. And oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, I, I do remember now. <laughs> oh my god. They they think that they're that you know the husband wanting to share the wife is a unicorn husband. Yeah. Like that's a positive trait. Uh huh. Something like that. In that world, it is though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. The, I think the, I think people don't really think enough about the kid thing though. With, no. uh-uh. with uh, the second marriage. Yes, I mean, obviously, if it's the number one reason second marriages fail, mm-hmm. they obviously don't think enough about mm-hmm. it. They don't put enough effort into it. They don't they don't grasp it enough. They don't understand it enough, and they don't have the vision to see what it's going to do to the relationship down the road. I mean, look at stepbrothers. Yeah. <laughs> Prime oh example. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine, huh? Yeah. Having having a kid like that. <laughs> but but I I think you know overall it it's it really is what you said initially. People are not learning from the previous mistakes, and they are completely unaware of what the new challenges may be. So they're not prepared to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times by your second marriage. I, I don't know. I, I would like to... I don't statistically know this. I wonder if people cling on more to the first marriage or the second marriage. Because I, I think that some people would tend to be like, oh, my first marriage didn't work. I'm going to make damn sure my second marriage works no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't... They would cling on more mm-hmm. than they did the first marriage. But I think there's other ones that are like, I wasted X amount of years in my last marriage. I'm not doing that again. If this shit starts to go south, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know like which one. Well, you know, and it's funny because like we know people that are like, oh yeah, I'm in my second marriage and it is the best Way better thing than ever. The first, yeah. yeah, and so I I honestly don't know where. How true that the sixty six percent statistic you, is. You know, when when you were telling me that, that that's funny because that's what I was thinking of. I was trying to think of most of the people I know that had multiple marriages and got divorced had more than two. Uh huh. It wasn't that they stopped on the third. I mean, like they got divorced four times. Yeah. 
and they obviously didn't learn their mistakes. But I'm try as I was thinking about other people that had been married twice. I'm like, well, they didn't get divorced. Well, they're not divorced. And then then it started to hit me that the guys I was in the military with, that they all did. Mm. Every single one of them got remarried and divorced. Uh, well, let me back that up. A lot of them <laughs> that I knew their marital situation, mm -hmm. and the first one ended, the second one ended, ended as too. well. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying everyone I knew in the military, but most of the people I was close with that went through that, uh -huh. they all ended up getting remarried and divorced. Wow. So their second marriage is ended as well. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the people that, that I've known and we have talked to and stuff, like, um, even, I don't know, I know it was, I guess, almost two years ago, but we met this man and he was, he was telling us about that and, like, how much he could relate to us because of... Um, what he went through in his first yeah, marriage and, and then how now, good his second marriage yes, was. Yes, yeah. and we hear that more well, often. We, we do. We do hear that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, so when I when I saw that, I was like, huh, okay. I, I didn't really I didn't really get it. But then but then you do see the, the other challenges that do happen in mm -hmm. a second marriage that wouldn't happen in a first. And on top of the stuff that does that happen in happen a first. In first yeah. So yeah. I guess it makes sense, mm -hmm. but I yeah. just personally have not known. Yeah, in, in our circle and the people we have known, I think it's it's minimal, if at all, mm -hmm. that their second marriages have failed mm -hmm. or even seemed rocky. Yeah. Or even like, oh, they have problems, they're just good at hiding it. Not even that, uh -huh. you know. I know. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get overly... You know, cliche with it about destiny and all that, or well, you know when you know, but <laughs> you know, I, I but I think that that's where <clears throat> you know one one of the the big benefits that I had in my first marriage. We've said that too that we made our dumb mistakes mm -hmm. the first time. Well, we learned from our dumb mistakes the first yeah. time. Not not necessarily that we only made those mistakes, but we didn't make them again. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. And, uh, cause I mean, like you said in the beginning, you know, it's not just one person's fault or the others, mm -hmm. it's both your fault. And you have to understand what you did right and what you did wrong in the previous relationship and not make those same mistakes again. Mm -hmm. Not, not only making the mistakes, but also with actually finding the partner and all that oh, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything else to add. Do you? No. Uh -uh. Yeah, I think that was a pretty interesting mm -hmm. subject, though, and um, a lot of people go through this. And I hope that I hope that it can help some div divorcees that that uh, that maybe getting need, back out on the market. Yeah, mm -hmm. need to need to figure out. Well, what what should I look for? And figure mm -hmm. out those those checkpoints, like I said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, rate and review us on iTunes, and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>